Amelia Fish, I am a registered associate nutritionist and you are listening to The Reset on River Radio. This show is all about nutrition and shaking off those common myths and misconceptions around food. On today's show, I am delighted to be joined by health behaviour change specialist, Dr. Heather McKee. Today, we're going to be chatting all about Heather's journey, her expertise in behaviour change, why quick fixes and fad diets don't work, and how to create sustainable and healthy habits. If you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our social medias at River Radio Live or email me directly at amelia at river.radio. So I'm delighted to be joined by Heather. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Amelia. Delighted to be here. Hi, how are you? Great, yeah, wonderful this morning. Fabulous. I'm so delighted to have you on the show today. I know we've chatted a little bit in the past about your area of expertise and it's so interesting. I can't wait to dive a bit deeper into it today. Awesome. Yeah, get get ready to nerd it up on behaviour change. Absolutely. (laughs) I think it's such an area there. So many people are very interested in because I guess there's so many facts out there and people know, you know, vaguely what they could or should be doing, but not actually how to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's so important that, you know, we often, we know we need to eat more vegetables, Mm. you know, we know we need to get more sleep, we know we need to manage our stress better, and while all these ingredients are the vital ingredients of health, what we're often missing is the method and the recipe for health, so how to take these ingredients and actually make them work in our lives, Mm. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and so that's certainly what behaviour change is all about. Yeah, completely, absolutely. So today we're going to start off our show, as we do every show, by running through some factual statements and I guess we're going to discuss these all throughout today's show and come back to them at the end um, where we will answer them for our audience but I guess it gives our listeners a bit a bit to think about throughout the show. So the first one that we've put together was that focusing on numbers and or goals is what leads to success in habit formation. Then we're also going to be discussing how behavior change is all about willpower the next one fad diets quick fixes and restrictive diets are not sustainable and do not help us achieve long-term health goals the fourth statement that we're going to be discussing today is how behavior change is a linear process and the fifth and final one is how on average it takes two weeks to form a habit now these are a list of statements that I guess we hear so often and some are true and some are false and we're going to be going through them today and answering all of those at the end. How does that sound? Fabulous. So I guess we're going to start off today Heather by talking about you and your journey in behaviour change. So would you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes. Um, so I suppose what sparked my interest in behavior change was I was working at a metabolic syndrome clinic in Mm. Ireland. So metabolic syndrome is things like, you know, you're dealing with diabetes, heart disease. Recording um, in progress. We had the most amazing, um, you know, 
nutrition plans. We had the most amazing exercise plans. But it was interesting. We had all the incredible tools, but mm. people couldn't really make their healthy habits stick. Yeah. Um, and I ended up sitting down with every single one of the 60 people in that clinic to talk to them and just ask them, what is going on? Like, you know, we've got all the resources here. What's mm. happening? And it goes back to um, what I was saying immediately at the, uh, at the very, very start about this method. You know, people could have all the incredible tools, but actually, you know, they, they struggled with different barriers in their lives, you know, mm. um, looking after kids, raising older parents, um, stress, um, having accessibility to um, healthy foods, having the skills to make um, healthy foods, mm. finding exercise that they enjoy. Um, having had a lifetime of dieting and, you know, developing lots of unhelpful habits off the back of that. And so it was so interesting to really hear, you know, what were all the barriers for people and also what were all the enablers? And I think Mm. that's what really got me, uh, (laughs) was the spark that ignited the flame that ended up being another 10 years in university um, studying behavior change and um, how we can help support people create those lasting changes. Wow. I mean, that's so interesting to hear about the barriers, but also the the enablers. And I guess we're going to go into that in a bit more detail in a bit. But you really, truly are an expert in this area. Ten years studying this and then practicing it as well. You know, I can't wait to dive into all of that with you. Um, But where are you at the moment? What are you up to currently, Heather? I am in Dublin, in Ireland Mm -hmm. at the moment. Um... I've just come off a load of calls this morning. I So I do a lot of speaking um, yes. for, I love to chat, um, but uh, <laughs> I do a lot of keynote speaking with companies around mm-hmm. how to create healthy habits that last. So I was um, talking to a few clients about upcoming talks um, that I'm doing. And I think one of my real passions is about getting people excited about finding the joy in healthy habits. That yeah. It doesn't have to be all about deprivation and um you know what you miss out on it can be about what you gain back in life what it gives you back and I think that's really important and something I try and translate in my talks um definitely oh I love that finding the joy in healthy habits because so often when we talk about all healthy eating or following a balanced diet it's like oh such a drag so much effort but actually you can find joy in these things and it shouldn't be a negative behavior it should be something that brings positivity to your life and not stress yeah like it's interesting one of the studies um that we did um back in that long student university um Mm -hmm. was we looked at what does it take to create long-term habits like lifelong habits we looked at people who maintained healthy habits long term and then we looked at people who went off track and those maintainers they're people that maintained like healthy habits had had gone through a significant weight loss um, and maintained healthy habits for at least five years and they talked about actually it being a lifestyle choice Mm -hmm. that it not being about deprivation that it wasn't about what they were missing out on in life and actually they they felt much more empowered that they could choose that they weren't missing out on all of the fun that actually they chose to live their life in a, in a different way and it didn't mean that they couldn't have all the things that they mm-hmm. wanted it's just that they chose not to have them all the time and that was a big shift for them completely because I think the word healthy has been taken oh. out of context and people seem to have an understanding of that word meaning oh I can just eat salad and I have to exercise every day but actually healthy is more of a balance and it's including everything that you enjoy in balance and moderation and you can have everything that you enjoy and to me that is what healthy is I just think the word's been taken out of context too much yeah and the other thing is like 
in ways I know it sounds a bit patronizing to say to people you can have whatever you want uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. but the thing is I, I think the thing is you have to find joy in the healthy stuff and what I mean mm. about that is like don't choke down a kale salad if you hate kale absolutely. like don't go spinning if you absolutely detest you know this the seats on a spinning bike find what works for you yeah it's not about like you know floating around in this ethereal world of green smoothies and you know superfoods and everything it's about mm-hmm. you know the basic things that make you feel good so waking up in the morning and having you know a hot water and lemon makes you feel refreshed and revitalized and rehydrated and just gives you more energy coming into your day it's simple things like that you know mm-hmm. having that extra coffee makes you feel jittery and stressed um and and, and you know switching that for a uh, caffeine free or whatever it happens to be just helps you feel more yourself and less you know jittery it doesn't have to be big audacious you know like superfood it's fallen off the tree and I can only eat it kind of goals it can be things just very simple things but I think of a great way for anyone to start is just to ask themselves well what are the habits actually I enjoy because that's gonna and I always say to people you know write a joy list if you're starting out and creating healthy habits or you're starting out with a health kick or whatever what are those habits that bring you joy um, and there's a lot of evidence about tuning into the feeling of those as well. Mm. So if you can tune into how it makes you actually feel. So, you know, you come back from a, ro- a walk or a run or, you know, playing with your grandson in the park or whatever it happens to be. How does that make you feel? If you can yeah. tune into that feeling, you can train your brain to crave that. And we can crave those good habits. Completely. And it's so true because sometimes before you go on a run or you write your journal and you think, oh, it's half an hour and I can't really be bothered. But then when you get back and you think, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. Then maybe like tuning into that positive feeling and remembering that you actually did enjoy it and it did make you feel good. Equally, if that thing you did it and it felt really negative, maybe go find something else. Um, Like I definitely find that I, I know I have a gratitude journal that I write every night and it takes me honestly five minutes to write and I think every time I get into bed oh I might not do it tonight and then write Mm. it and I feel so good that I've done it and then I get to read back on like previous entrances too and I know that it makes me feel good so I do it yeah it's like that they call it the present moment 2.5 seconds so they say 2.5 seconds is the present moment so if we can overcome that 2.5 seconds by telling us that telling ourselves how we're going to feel at the end so when you finish that gratitude journal how centered you feel how it leaves you in a lovely um state of mind before you go to bed you know if we can focus on that then that can really help just us overcome that kind of 2.5 seconds of like oh do I really have to do this and um, mm. you know and um, and we can we can train ourselves to then engage in in that habit that's so interesting I really like that I can't wait to get more into this this conversation we're definitely going to be delving deeper into it in a moment but I think first we'll have a song um so for now we're going to play um as it was by Harry Styles
the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. You are listening to Amelia Fish, a registered associate nutritionist on The Reset on River Radio. You can find us across all social media platforms at River Radio Live and on the website at river.radio. Today I am joined by Dr. Heather McKee, a health behaviour change specialist. If you have missed the show so far and would like to catch up, do not worry as this episode will be released shortly after the live show as a podcast and can be found on all your main podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. If you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our Instagram at River Radio Live or email me directly at amelia at river.radio. So far, we've spoken about Heather and her journey and behaviour change, and we've kind of started to delve a little bit into this area. Later on in the show, do stay tuned as we'll be sharing more advice about how to create sustainable habits. But now we're going to be chatting all about what behaviour change really is. So I guess the first question, Heather, is what is behaviour change? What does it mean to you as an expert in this field? Oh, God. Yeah. And actually, I suppose <laughs> I cringe at the word Big question because, um, yeah, <laughs> um, I prefer. Yeah, I kind of I think the thing is with behaviour change, everyone I suppose, as an expert, because mm. it's all about your own personal behaviours. And I think it's very important that we treat everyone as an expert on themselves. And, and what like we're that. doing is trying to help people build skills to in their own personal expertise. But what I would say about behaviour change, besides it's exactly what it says in the tin, you know, it's, it is about helping people shift their behaviours. Um, but one thing I would say is it's not necessarily that people are broken and they need to be fixed Mm -hmm. in any way. It's about someone, you know, wanting to make a change because they know about what that change can contribute to their life um, and wanting to pursue a change. And I would say, you know, um, to be an ethical behavioral scientist, it's all about supporting people to get to where they want to be in life, whether Mm -hmm. they what, no matter what their goals are. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to say about behaviour change. It's not about coercing or um, forcing people into change at all. It's about actually, you know, drawing out the skills that they already have and the strengths that they have and helping people recognise those and, and grow them over time. 
Oh, I really like that. Helping people recognise the strengths that they have inside. Absolutely. And I guess coming from a nutritionist perspective, it's something that we do as well. Like, I'll listen to someone's goals, hear what they want to do and help them build the skills and support them by giving them knowledge to create lasting change. And it sounds kind of similar to what you practice too. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really important in behavioural science is it's about implementation over information. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean about that is it's about taking action and yeah. it's about, um, and you said it lovely earlier on, um, Amelia, about it's about experimenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's not perfect action. And I, I think yeah. we all need to step away from this idea of perfectionism when it comes to health. You know, mm-hmm. you know um, I think we're all exceptionally hard on ourselves um, in, the, in the health field and we feel like we need to have, like, you know, live this perfect life. And it's about it's about finding what works for you. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, you know, habits are for life, not just for January. So, yeah. you know, give ourselves the space to experiment um, is so, so important to find, you know, what lands. And even when we were talking mm-hmm. earlier about, you know, habits that bring you joy, um, you know, it might, it might take you weeks, months, years to find healthy habits that yeah. actually you enjoy. But once you kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, this is something that actually brings me light and makes my you know helps me with my energy makes me feel more myself gives me back my confidence whatever it is you know that that's priceless and so no matter what time it's taken to get to that point it's so so important so yeah I'd say behavior science it's all Mm -hmm. about it's about you being the expert on yourself experimenting what works for you working on implementation over just consuming reams of information Mm -hmm. learning more about yourselves and really drawing on your strengths and skills I think that's an amazing point and also how you raise that it might take weeks it might take months it may take longer to find the habits that you know stick for you and really enjoy and that you really enjoy and help support your lifestyle Um, because so often we see in the media these quick fixes these oh you know do this and overnight this will happen Mm. and actually letting people know that it's okay when it takes quite a long time to form these habits Speaking of, how long does it take to form a habit, Heather? Yeah, unfortunately not 21 days, which really um, lets people down. I know I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's it's interesting because this has come um, from a piece of research that was in the 60s around plastic surgery. And basically that's how long it took for people to adapt to their new appearance. after surgery and for some reason then that's been translated into that's how long it takes to create a habit um and more recent research from UCL has shown that it takes anything between 66 and 122 days depending on how complex the habit is it's around three months but the thing is you know that wasn't the same for every person Mm-hmm. Um, some people formed habits quite quickly. Some people, it took them longer to form. And again, it goes back to the complexity of the habits. So, um, you know, there's one really interesting study where they got people to um, uh, create tooth flossing habits. And yeah. they had one group where they said to them, you know, just floss your teeth every night as, as you know, um, uh, as much as you can. And the other group, they said, you know, let's just floss one tooth a night. And, and I love this one tooth a, light, a, a night because it's, it's, it's almost laughably small. <laughs> but, you know, and I, and I often say to people, if it doesn't pass the giggle test, then it's not small enough um, when it comes to your habit change. I but mean, that one made giggle. me giggle. Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. it made me laugh. Yeah, and so, you know, it was the people that were flossing one tooth a night 
that actually were the ones that were sustaining those habits long term. Mm. And it's because it was uncomplex. It didn't have too many steps. And also they didn't set themselves up with this really high bar that they had to transform themselves from a non-flosser into a, you know, a, um, a world-class tooth flosser. They just had to floss one tooth. And because the barrier to entry was so small, we talk about that 2.5 seconds again, getting mm-hmm. someone engaged, getting them to overcome that motivation slump. You know, once they kind of showed up to the tooth flossing party, they thought, oh, well, I'm here now. I might as well, you know, floss a few more teeth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of your listeners might resonate with that. You know, when we've kind of overcome that hump of, you know, having to call maybe someone we didn't want to call or going out on that walk mm-hmm. or that run, once we're kind of five minutes into it we're like okay well this wasn't actually so bad um you know or maybe maybe it is and you need to have the phone <laughs> but you know um it's about overcoming that slump and they made those habits so small and so tiny and so uncomplex and so those are the habits that last and so um I think the important thing is like habits are a lifetime they take a lifetime to form and like it's not like we brush our teeth in January Mm -hmm. and then all our toothbrushing is done our dental hygiene is done for the rest of the year you know we're no longer brushing our teeth we're no longer getting the benefits from it Mm -hmm. and it's the exact same with any healthy habits and so I say that full of compassion and empathy for people that it's time to give yourself permission with your habits that they will take time they're not giving yourself some arbitrary um deadline in the future that you know you have to complete your habits by they're now they're incompletable tasks kind of like email (laughs) there'll always be a flow (laughs) coming in and out of time and so it's time to give ourselves permission if this is something that we're going to be doing for our rest of our lives Let's make it something enjoyable. And I think that's a very important question to ask yourself when you set out in any habit journey. Am I going to be doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. what's this going to look like in five, 10 years time? Because that's the kind of lens you need to create your habits through. It's that long-term lens because ultimately those habits are there for life. It's it's so true because, you know, it might be for someone who has never done any movement in their life. They really, they don't enjoy it because all they saw was running in the gym and just not for them. Mm. And then maybe one day they think, right, no, I I know I want to do some exercise. I know I want to include it. So I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Is that going to be sustainable for the next year, for the next, if you look into the future, for the next 10 to five to 10 years, as you said, But if you take a step back and if you think maybe I'll start adding in a walk once a week, just start with that, you know, somewhere that's actually achievable for you. And then to gradually build and grow on those habits. Is that something that you would like recommend to people to gradually like to take something that's small and then build on it rather than going all in at once? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a really interesting story of... um the great British cycling team mm-hmm. um, when they got their new coach. they So back in the day, not the ones that we know at the moment with all the glory and all the medals, but back in the day, they actually were finding it really hard to get sponsorship um, because they were so bad. Um, and they got this new coach called David Brailsford and he came in with a different philosophy. And the philosophy wasn't about transforming the team overnight. The philosophy was about making 1% changes. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of that flossing that one tooth. Um, and he made changes in kind of normal ways that you would um, 
you know, make changes in the cycling team, like to equipment, to um, training, to multiple different things. But they also looked at, you know, what type of pillows people used and um, the massage shells that the masseuses used. And they even, my favorite thing was they painted the inside of the bike sheds white Uh to see if any tiny speck of dust would fall on the bikes and hamper the performance of the bike. Oh, wow. But all these like changes in isolation seemed laughably mm-hmm. small you know they seemed like a joke but cumulatively they had a huge compounding effect over time but it took four or five it actually took it nearly 10 years I think it came in in 2003 until the 2012 2012 London um, Olympics where wow. they had the most successful Olympics of all time but it was all these tiny changes that happened kind of maybe not necessarily always a new one every week but maybe every month they were Mm -hmm. bringing in over time and they had a cumulative and compounding effect that led to the most successful British cycling team of all time and what the message there is you know that it's not about overnight transformation you know we can't think of life in in events Mm -hmm. like the Tour de France or the Olympics or anything else you know most great things in life are formed through small like micro changes that cumulatively can have a positive impact so you know experimenting with those things over time Mm. going for your short walk finding the route that you enjoy the most trying out walking with a friend or walking with a podcast to make it more interesting more fun for Mm -hmm. you um you know um doing these small things on a small scale doing those micro experiments cumulatively over time that's what's going to lead to long-term success I love that. That's brilliant. And I guess is the message there to celebrate those small wins, celebrate those little things that you can add in. Because as you say, together, when you put it all together and look at the big image and you zoom out, it all will add up together. Absolutely. And celebrating is so interesting as well, Um, you know, because, it, uh, you know, when you celebrate, um, it trains the brain that this is something good. You actually get a dopamine response, um, which is a neurotransmitter chemical. And it basically says, you know, this is something good to do. But think about how many, so, how, how so many of us approach our habits. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, oh, I, you know, I, I maybe I ate too much of that or I didn't actually, mm-hmm. I only ran for 20 minutes instead of 30 minutes. And that's training your brain that this isn't something good to do. Whereas if we celebrate our successes, even if it's just having an extra half a glass of water or even a few more sips of water, if we say to ourselves, you know, good job, well done, or or even if, you know, um, there's a researcher called BJ Fogg who actually gets people to do physical celebrations. So like, you know, like Mo Farah would do the Mo Bot or Usain Bolt would do, you know, the Bolt um, after we engage in, in, in in a habit because it tells our brain this is something good to do. Mm. And the thing is, you know, change is hard and it's even harder for being hard on ourselves about it Mm -hmm. but there's a neurochemical um exchange that happens when we actually reinforce change to ourselves and we tell ourselves you know that was something good if we can create that good feeling on demand if we can create that good feeling after we engage with even you know like having a cup of green tea instead of an extra coffee if we can make ourselves feel good about it it tells our brain this is a safe activity this is something that we want to do again And actually, so celebrating your wins can make you feel good in so many different ways, but also it can have a physiological response in our body. And that's really important. That's amazing. And so good to know. And it's definitely, I I say this a lot, how you talk to yourself, that voice inside your head. If you would not use that voice to talk with one of your friends or your family, you should not be using that voice to talk to yourself. You should be, you know, 
bigging yourself up be positive towards yourself and you know that as you say it has a positive impact both um at a neurological level as well at those chemicals um as you said dopamine that dopamine response is fantastic to learn about and even like you know I say thoughts are habits too yeah and so you know um it, it's, it's very important to actually be able to kind of catch those thoughts and those negative thoughts and those negative thought spirals that you have. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not always about just saying to yourself, good job, you know, yeah. well done. It's about finding the language again, experimenting. Yes, What's language. the language that feels reinforceable for you? Is it like, you know, go get them tired or, <laughs> you know, like yeah. in, in, in my habits. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm really proud of myself. You know, start thinking about different language. What's the language that you would use with a friend? What's the language that you would say to encourage others? Because often that's a language that you need to hear yourself. But again, experiment with it because some language will feel false mm-hmm. to you, will feel inauthentic, but you'll find that motivational kind of statement, that motivational feeling that will actually really really help you and then that can become a mantra for yourself to help reprogram those negative thoughts and that negative retard that kind of circles around your brain and is really quite unhelpful absolutely I'm all for all of this positive chat as well um before we go into our next song we have been talking about habits quite a lot and I've realized that we have not actually defined what what is a habit Heather yeah great question so habits are formed through something called context dependent repetition and mm-hmm. what that means is do the same thing in the same circumstance enough times and it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of form off a, a loop known as, with a cue or a trigger. Um, and then there's the action and then in response for a reward. Mm-hmm. So it might be that you wake up, you go into the bathroom in the morning and the cue or trigger is it's the morning or it's that you see your toothbrush, you brush your teeth. Um, which is the action and the reward is, you know, positive dental hygiene or minty fresh breath or whatever it happens to be. Or you get in your car, that's the cue to put on your seatbelt and the reward is a feeling of safety. Um, So, you know, habits can be formed out of cultural norms. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, in in France, we kiss two times. Um, That's the greeting. Or, you know, recently in COVID, we've changed our cultural greetings. Um, to respond to people in a different way um or they can be things that are formed through determination like you know um going walking every day until it it, it forms a habit um but it, it's something that's done in response to a particular cue mm-hmm. um to seek out a particular reward and that's why what we were talking about in terms of celebration is so important because yes. we seek a reward in our habits so let's make our healthy habits and habits that we should wish to form as rewarding as possible let's bring in as much joy let's bring in as much celebration because actually that'll make it much more likely to stick oh brilliant thank you for sharing that with us heather i think we're going to go into a song now so we're going to play the bones by more and morris but do stay tuned because we're going to be diving much further into this topic after this song across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio well now for some pop music try this we're in the home stretch of the hard times we took a hard left but we're all right yeah i sure can try to put love to it but we Never gonna move it when the bones are good, the rest don't matter, yeah, the pain could feel 
Listening to Amelia Fish, a registered associate nutritionist on the Reset on River Radio. You can find us on all social media platforms at River Radio Live and on the website at river.radio. Today I am joined by Dr. Heather McKee. And so far in this show, we have spoken all about Heather's area of special interest, which is behaviour change. And if you'd like to catch up on today's show, do not worry if you've missed anything, as you can catch it up later on a podcast, which can be found on all your main podcast platforms including Apple and Spotify. Now I'm really excited for today's part of the show as we've spoken so far about what behavior changes, what habit formation is, but this is the part of the show where we're going to really dive into for our listeners how you too can create sustainable habits. Now Heather I know earlier that we mentioned a couple of barriers to habits and you mentioned the word enabler but what what are the enablers that help us form these sustainable habits? Great question. Um, question. We've got to all ask ourselves and <laughs> um, what helps us. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when I, I would say we want to start with why. And I, I don't mean that in an obtuse way, but if we're, if we're looking to create any change in life, so often we go about it like focusing on the numbers alone. You know, mm-hmm. how many of us have tried to, you know, reach a certain number on the scale or a number in our bank balances or a number in a finish time in a race you know and when we're focused on outcomes alone 
yes, it can motivate us for a short time. But when we even get there, the joy of being there can be quite fleeting. Mm-hmm. And then we put ourselves under pressure to step it up, step it up, step it up. And and, and those kind of outcomes, those numbers-based goals, they, um, they're, they're known in psychology as extrinsic motivators. And I call that like slippy motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, it only lasts for, for a very short time. And what we want to do is we want to tap into intrinsic motivators so intrinsic motivators and intrinsic oh it's a beautiful word it comes from the word inward in latin which means good for our soul and intrinsic motivators are they're the kind of things that like they're things that are personally meaningful for you so it's like being healthy helps you be and have more energy in your day helps you contribute more to your work helps you have more focus with something that's important to you helps you be able to support your community better it's about what it gives you back Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important and I say to people if you can find your why if you can find that intrinsic motivation then you can find your way and so it's so important for people to ask themselves when they're starting out in any healthy habit journey is what does this give me back because that can tell you what the enablers are If you can start to ask yourself, what does this contribute to my life? You know, does it give me more energy, more confidence, more focus? Does it allow me to be better in my relationships, in my work? What matters to me? Because why pursue things that don't actually give you something that's so important? So try and find your why, because that will help you find your way. I really like that. I like um, your definition of intrinsic and looking inwards and what's good for our souls. That's really a warming thing to do. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a Latin translation, so I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> it's yeah. very nice. I didn't know it, and I really like it. Thank you for sharing today. Um, so that was a very positive thing. But I guess on the other side, um, a question that we're asked so often is, why do fad diets and quick fixes and, you know, a yo-yo diet or an overnight take this and tomorrow this will happen, why why don't they work? And why are they why does something like that is it why is it not sustainable to create a long lasting positive habit it's because ultimately they require willpower and mm-hmm. not skill power and what i mean by that is that you know willpower is kind of like a muscle mm-hmm. you know if i go to the gym for the next week and i train my right bicep by the time i get to this day next week i won't even be able to pick up a cup of tea you know <laughs> but if i if i go and i train myself you know, maybe once a week or twice a week and give myself adequate rest and recovery over time, my willpower gets stronger. And the problem is when we start out on these health baths or these health kicks, if you think about New Year's, for example, you know, mm-hmm. you're right, like, right, okay, right, this year, things are going to be different. I'm going to eat no sugar. I'm going to exercise loads. I'm not going to drink alcohol for the first month of the year. I'm going to save money. I'm going to be nice for the half. The more things we add in, the more we take away from the focal goal. And it's a concept called goal dilution. We dilute our ability mm-hmm. to actually achieve what we want to achieve because we're biting off more than we can chew. We're trying to tra- train that willpower muscle every day. You know, um, and I say it's better to go to the gym, you know, once a week for seven weeks than to go for seven days only to, you know, hate it, burn out our willpower and never return. And so the key when it comes to creating behavior change is to do things small. Like we talked about before, laughably small, does it pass the giggle test? Because actually that's what compounds over time. Whereas when it comes to these fads and these quick fixes, they require us to make too many changes too quickly to our lives. 
And those changes are kind of imposed upon us. They're not changes that we've thought about ourselves. They're not changes that are related to our why. You know, they're not changes that we've decided, okay, actually, this is something I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. They're changes that we're trying to follow a particular script that someone else who doesn't really understand our lives, doesn't understand all the complexities, the stresses, the strains that we um, have to endure. And so, you know, we have to build the skills ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to really understand what works for us. And those skills are built through experimentation, trying things on, looking at what works, failing, and asking ourselves, what's the smallest change? Mm -hmm. Just a great way for people to start is asking themselves, what's the smallest change I can make over the next seven days? And, you know, make it so small you laugh at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and ask yourself, is it at least, you know, am I confident that I'd be able to carry this out maybe two or three times over the next week? And I'm at least 70% confident. If you're not 70% confident or more that you can carry out the small, laughably small change over the next week, make it easier on yourself. And if you are 70% confident, ask yourself, well, what's it going to take for for me to get to 100%? Mm -hmm. Because that'll tell you more about the enablers. That'll tell you more about the things that might help you. And so starting out in any habit journey, it's not about doing all the things because that's what leads to goal dilution. That's Mm -hmm. what leads to willpower depletion. It's about doing one small thing and finding where it fits in your day where it fits in your week where it fits in your life and doing that repeatedly and that repetition is what's going to build a habit over time I think that's great advice so it's finding the one small thing that fits in your life that you enjoy and that you can do and that you're confident that you will be able to do that and do it and implement it Um, it's not about doing everything and I guess also it's about you know doing those things that you do enjoy and that bring you happiness not following what the trends are saying but following your internal cues and I guess celebrating you are a unique person what works for one person won't work for someone else and as you really well said at the beginning you're the expert of you only you know what what is going to work for you so I I think that's a, a great point to put in there I love that you're the expert of you I Um, I, I do think another note as well, um, from someone who spent a long time studying this, there are no studies. Count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. Um, so today we've been chatting with Dr. Heather McKee all about bite-sized habits. Um, it's been recording in progress and the internet is back. I'm not quite sure what happened there, Stair. Sorry about that. But Heather, you are back. I think we lost internet in the studio, but it all seems to be back on. Are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Fabulous. I'm sorry about that. Um, we were just summarizing about bite-sized habits. Mm, Yeah. Um, I think what I was saying as well was that, you know, the thing is anything that promises an overnight transformation is a big red flag for me, because if you have to make all of the effort to do all of the things, that's not sustainable. Uh Um, And it's frustrating because we're promised this overnight dream Mm -hmm. and it's what we all want. But there is no secret sauce. There is no silver bullet. And ultimately, I like to say, you know, the secret sauce is you. You know, you are the secret sauce. And so you have to give yourself the permission to unlock, you know, that strength inside you. And this is really cheesy, but I really see behavior change like a 
journey like the yellow brick road like Mm -hmm. Dorothy you know that like we've all got that strength inside of us we just have to go on a journey to really learn what our strengths what our skills are but ultimately we all have that ability to come back to ourselves to come back home um, and learn what works for us and I think that's a very very important thing to say to anyone give yourself permission to fail and you know failure Mm -hmm. is success if you learn from it and it's all about doing micro experiments over time to find what fits in the context of your life. Oh, completely agree with all of that. And as you said, these things that promise a transformation, I think we've spoken about it throughout throughout the show today. You don't need to transform nothing like it, I guess that word transformation implies that you need to change and you don't need to change at all. You just it's about learning to become in tune with yourself and implementing things that make you happy. Absolutely. Um, so you've indicated at it a couple of times making these really small changes but I do know that you also have a course Heather do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah well I actually so I have a free a free video challenge which is um kind of five steps to creating long-term change so it's really kind of like applied and it's very very quick um it's just uh it's at bitesizehabits.co um so that's bitesizedhabits.co um, and anyone can sign up and it's a five-day challenge there's videos there there's exercises to do and it's just about kickstarting um healthy habits so if you're interested in creating a healthy habit um right now then it's a lovely way of getting started um, with some of the things that we've talked about today and a few kind of key evidence-based skills that will really help kickstart and ignite your healthy habit journey Brilliant. Thank you, Heather. So I guess to summarise that advice that we've just been chatting about, um, to form a sustainable habit, to form a healthy habit that you're going to enjoy doing in the long term for the future. um, I feel like you've spoken about a few key factors. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, definitely add to them. But from what I've learned from our conversation is make them small, make them almost like a laughable challenge. Um, If you're if you're under 70% sure that you're going to be able to do it throughout the next week, next two weeks, make it smaller. Um, I think using failure to uh, make it a success, learning from it, don't, failure isn't necessarily a negative thing, it's actually a positive thing, it's all about our mindset, and also that language that we're using. Now don't make me act a fool I know I talk my junk But I know what I want What I truly want is you And even though you're a map to that I want you back uh. I think I want you back Your love has made a deep impact I know it might sound summarize all of those habits um all of those behaviors so the flexibility is an additional one that I would add in there what do you think um I think it's just to reiterate that you know anything that is going to get you quick results is a big red flag mm-hmm. and, and and ultimately you know life it is Samuel Beckett quote that says life is a habit or rather life is a succession of habits yeah um, and give yourself permission um to take your time with with your with your habits and I think that's that's really really important and I would say you know find your why you know um ask yourself why is it important for me to create this change 
and then go out and do things you enjoy because the things you enjoy are the things that you'll stick to. I love that. That's amazing. One last question for you today, Heather, before we have a little chat about those statements that we made at the beginning we've been talking all about throughout today's show. And it's a big question and I think it would be, Uh I guess, different (laughs) for everyone. Um, But in general, what Mm. does the environment of a healthy, sustainable habit look like? If you've created something, yeah. Yeah. And I know it it will be different and unique for each person, but I guess are there some emotions that are within that environment that, you know, people could relate to and think, yeah, that's a healthy habit that's sustainable for me? Yeah, I think, I sorry, when using the word environment makes me think of a huge piece of behavioural science that we actually haven't talked about today, which is how you can set up your environment to support your success. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is it's very hard to change your environment, an environment that's unsupportive of change. So, mm. you know, if you're working at a desk and you're surrounded by, you know, sweets or coffee and that's the thing you're trying to avoid, you know, I like they say in marketing eyeline is byline and if it's in you know where your attention goes your brain follows so if you can create an environment that is actually supportive of success you don't even need to use your willpower so you know if you can get fruit and put it on your on your table if that's something that you want to eat more of if you want to write in your gratitude journal at night if it's sitting on your pillow so you can't even put your head down but it's in the way um you know that's going to make it easier um for you and I would say any habit that you wish to create take a look at your environment what can you do to make that cue more obvious like we talked about before you know the first part of the habit loop is that cue so how can you make that cue a little bit more obvious when we're starting out Mm -hmm. um I think that's really important Definitely. It's I think this absolutely something I do. You said about the gratitude journal on the pillow. Mine's on my pajamas. <laughs> so yeah, I can't actually get into them without writing in my journal. If it's in my drawer, I don't do it. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think the other thing that came up for me when you were summarizing things as well was, you know, about you know, yeah, how small is too small or what, how do we know, you know, what if the habit is the right size? You know, like you said, like how do we know it's the right environment for ha- I like the habit? And I would say, you know, like we all think, okay, we need to meditate for 10 minutes a day, but that might not necessarily be a great place to start with. So why not start with two Yeah. and see how you feel with the two and see if you can repeat that often enough in over a month. Or maybe it's actually that you use a particular cue in your environment, like boiling the kettle in the morning and just taking a few long, slow breaths while you boil the kettle. You know, for each person, it will look different. But I would say, you know, start off by making it a joke is that it's so small and you might end up meditating for 10 minutes because you're enjoying it so much Mm -hmm. but the barrier is low and I call that your minimum viable habit set up your minimum viable habit what's your MVH ask yourself what can I do in just one or two minutes so for example if you want to build strength over time you know and you're focused on building strength Rather than, you know, and if you're, you know, a busy mom or a busy dad and rather than forcing yourself to go to the gym five days a week, why not start with doing press-ups while you're waiting on the oven, um, you know, in the evening, yeah. you know, maybe it's five press-ups that you do at that time or having a kettlebell next to your desk and when you're in between mm-hmm. calls, you know, doing two or three lifts of that. It doesn't have to be something epic. Um, what I would say, actually, you know, this might help people understand kind of the environment and what the landscape of a habit might look like for them. Write a scale on a list of one to ten. 
So tan being perfection, being like, you know, going to the gym three times a week and work out, well, what's the nine, what's the eight, what's the seven, all the way back to one. So a mm-hmm. one might be doing two bicep curls in your kitchen while you're waiting for the kettle to boil mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be. But scale your habits along a scale and then have the flexibility to work with that scale over time, depending on what life throws at you and see what that comes up for you. And you might adapt and adjust your sevens or your eights or your threes, but it will help give you an idea of actually what's going to fit in with your routine, what's going to fit in with your life. That's great advice. Thank you, Heather. We are now near the end of the show and I can't quite believe how quickly it always goes and I've loved chatting with you all about behaviour change and habit formation today. But we did have a few statements at the beginning that we're going to quickly go through again and answer for our audience. Now, do play along if you want to and have a think whilst I repeat the questions, but I think, Heather, you're going to also answer them for us now too. So the first one that I said was focusing on numbers and or goals is what leads to success in habit formation. Yeah, so I think we've busted that myth (laughs) in terms of, you know, we talked about extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic motivation. So it's focus on the process, not the outcome, you know, what what it gives you back in your life. Absolutely. Looking inward. What was the definition of intrinsic in Latin? Yeah, inward. Yeah, Yeah. good for the soul. Yeah, love it. Um, Behaviour change is all about willpower. Yeah, so we talked about how it's about skill power, yes. not willpower. And, and so willpower is only going to last you a couple of days, a week or two at most. It's building your skills is what's going to last you for life. Brilliant. The third one I said was that fad diets, quick fixes and restrictive diets are not, su- are not sustainable and do not help us achieve long-term health goals. True, very true. Absolutely. Then we said behavior change is a linear process. Yeah, exactly that. It takes time, I think, with their habits. The thing that people need to keep in mind is that your motivation is highest at the start, Mm -hmm. but your habit is lowest. And so we want to get to that point where actually you've raised the habit, you've raised that repetition, you're doing it often enough when the motivation starts to fade, that that non-conscious process of habits actually takes over and you don't need to rely on your motivation or your willpower anymore. And that's why making the small changes is really, really important for that because that really, really helps. Oh, that's so great. Thank you, Heather. And then we had the fifth and final one, which was on average, it takes two weeks to form a habit. Yes, not true. It takes a (laughs) lifetime to form a habit because if you're not following them anymore, they're no longer a habit. Oh, I think that's that's an amazing point, isn't it? Because, you know, so many of these things that we've discussed today have all been about um, making it so small that you can do it today, tomorrow, for the next week, for the next five years, 10 years, but also for your lifetime. And if that's not going to be something that you're going to enjoy for your lifetime, why is it the habit that you're focusing on now? And I guess that comes back to what you were chatting about, which is what's the why? Why are you doing that habit? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a big starting point question. If you could ask yourself just one question from today, that would be it. What does this give me back in my life? That's a great ending for the show today, Heather. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for joining me on The Reset. It has been great chatting with you all about your journey um, and your expertise in health behaviour change today. Uh, Don't forget that Heather has shared with us um, about her course, which is bitesizedhabits.co which is a free five day challenge Um, I will make sure to link it in the podcast 
description as well, just in case anyone has it has missed it or um, would like to catch up. Um, that will make I'll make sure that that is there for all of you as well. Um, you have been listening today to River Radio. If you have missed the show or would like to listen again, you can find the reset and all of our previous episodes on the website River Radio or on most podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. I will be back the next same time next week with another show but until then keep on listening to river radio as coming up next you have stage draw do enjoy and i will see you soon i'm gonna finish out by playing a little song called i could not ask for more by edwin mccain across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio well now for some pop music Lying here with you Listen to the rain Smiling just to see The smile upon your face And these are the moments I thank God that I'm alive And these are the moments I'll remember all my life I found all I've And I could not ask for more Looking in your eyes Seeing all I need Everything you are Is everything to me These are the moments I know heaven must exist 